It's the Everything RBC Podcast. I am David Costello, joined again by Amanda Keeper. Hello, Amanda. Good afternoon. Nice to see you again. Nice to see you as well. Yeah, once again, it's it's great to have you back in the chair after a few missing episodes. Yes. <laughs> hey, we can call those the lost episodes. The lost episodes. Yes. yes. I was lost without you. Aww. That's why they're called see, the lost episodes. That's why you're the co my co-host. Yeah. Can, can I call you my co-host? <laughs> sure. Yeah, I don't belong to anybody else as far as a co-host. So yeah, I'm your I'm your co-host. All right. So. Well, so last time we left off talking about ratings. Yeah, we did, and I have an update. I checked right before I I uh, came over today, and I I might have jinxed Annika. Uh, I talked about how she was in the lead, and not only was she in the lead, I said she's kind of got a comfortable lead, or I remember exactly what word I used, but mm-hmm. I made it sound like she had a pretty good lead, and she did. I felt like she did. But George Hernandez has leapfrogged her. He started creeping up the day after the podcast and yeah. we, when we talked about that. And I thought, what did we do here? I know. I was wondering. So I'm curious to see what our guest will bring to the show. Yeah. I was like, was George listening? And then mm-hmm. he say, oh, I want that prize pack. And right. Then, you know, he maybe he put out another call for his friends. to. I don't know what it was, but he's jumped ahead of her by one play. So going to be interesting. But mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll see where it goes. No pressure for our guest today. VP of Workforce Development, Chris Lewis, is here with us today. No pressure, Chris. Woof, woof. <laughs> <laughs> you just need to get over 150 plays of your episode within a couple weeks. Can you pull it off, you think? Well, we're going to try to say some exciting things today that people will want to hear. Nice. Love it. Great. That's what we want to know. So your RVC story, when did you come to Rock Valley College? What brought you here? And get into a little bit of your background before you got here as well, if you don't mind. I will. Thank you. It seems like it's been a long time. I got here January of 2019. Um, Actually, I had worked with Dr. Doug Jensen um, before in Alabama. And after working there and working on my dissertation for my Ph.D., I was looking for an opportunity. That is crazy to think about. That would be a little slower because that is not what it happened. That's <laughs> what has happened. But I decided he, um, he, he, I know he had asked and had talked to me for several years about well, what was going on here and, and with the ATC Center and workforce development. And so I decided that if there was ever a time, I had just gotten married to my lovely bride, uh, Sybil, who works here as well. And I wanted to, an opportunity for us to go somewhere and just sort of start our own roots. So mm-hmm. it was perfect timing. Uh, where I was in Alabama, I have done a lot of different things. I actually had worked for about 20 years in the private sector, uh, and then I uh, opened up a business of my own. I had a small distributorship for MRO products and sustainable solutions. I did that, uh, and then uh, sold that business after the economy started to kind of get us in 2009, 2010. And I took over a uh, a state arm of a national nonprofit that I had been working with for many years. It was an organization that actually focused on <clears throat> um, providing opportunities for minority and women-owned companies in Fortune 500 um, corporations. I led that organization up until the time we went through a merger acquisition. Uh, it was decided to reduce uh, the organization from 37 states to 26. Uh, they merged Alabama. Um, Arkansas, Mississippi, and Louisiana into one. At that point in time, I actually um, uh, took a took a buyout, 
spent some time because in mm-hmm. 13 was a was a was an interesting year my mother passed my best friend passed and going through the merger acquisition mm-hmm. and so uh <clears throat> I stepped away and actually for about six months and then I decided to do something that was near and dear to me during the time of being involved with um really small diverse businesses across the country I saw a lot of success stories I saw companies that who grew very rapidly, but what I did not see was really a true succession plan that had been put Mm. in place for those businesses. Mm -hmm. And so right at the time, really around the Affordable Care Act, I had begun to really hold these forms for minority businesses and and, and small businesses around trying to make sure that they had buy-sell agreements in place, that they really had the contingency plans in place so in, in the event that something happened to them, that they can continue. And so it was a natural transition when everything sort of settled that I said, you know, I should maybe try to continue what I have started. And so I, I, I went out and I uh, was recruited by a company, Principal Financial, where I actually um, was able to get my Series 6 and 63. And I began to actually <clears throat> manage the group benefits for several companies, uh, mid-sized companies across the country. I did that, enjoyed it well. Of course, in the first beginning, you don't make a lot of money because mm-hmm. uh, you have to build that book of business, and I was starting to build it. But then um, I was approached because of some works that I had been doing for several years by the community college system in Alabama. Uh, there, uh, the Manufacturing Extension Partnership, which we know here in Illinois as IMAC, is all housed up under the community college system there, which is a part of a system versus the fr- sort of the integral of the, the uh, individual systems we have here with the colleges, and so I was recruited to become the um, to become the director of one of the centers. Um, that's where I engaged and met Dr. Jensen. I mm-hmm. quickly became the uh, the the state director for business development. Um, did a pretty good job because soon after that I was asked to serve as um, the special assistant for the chancellor of the entire system, okay. overseeing workforce development, working with the school in particular around adult education and workforce development. Uh, began to really enjoy what I was doing in adult ed and decided to uh, start a PhD program. <clears throat> I became the permanent dean of that school, overseeing adult ed and workforce development for about a day. <laughs> as soon as I accepted <laughs> the position, the chancellor gave me a call and asked me what I consider serving as, a sp- as an a interim president for a college in Huntsville, Alabama. I did. I mm-hmm. served there almost two years. Uh, before, um, again, and then coming here. And so it's been an interesting journey. I've been in education for five years. I, uh, it's been a, a, a really a great acceleration from seeing things from the MEP side, seeing things from the system office side, overseeing, um, again, adult ed and workforce development program, and then overseeing a college, and then coming here in the role, of course, of vice president of community outreach and also now vice president of workforce development with now continuing ed and other responsibilities with the new tech bus and uh, of mm-hmm. course the uh, and having a little hand in the ATC center yeah. so mm-hmm. it's been uh, it, it, it has not slowed down which was the intent <laughs> I have not, not at all and no. I have not done much work in fact today I had to send in my dissertation progress form and I had to be okay. very honest and I had to admit that I have not done anything since yeah. I've been mm-hmm. here so mm-hmm. oh that happened <laughs> how did that happen you have a vast amount of experience. I was thoroughly engaged in what you were saying. I think you'll um, be shocked to know I know what EBITDA is. 
Ah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Uh, my husband does succession planning as well, so I know all about that. But I'm curious, what is a normal day like for you? Or, well, let me rephrase, rephrase because I know there's no normal day. What you're doing is always different. But tell us about a day in the life of your, uh, you know, doing your role. So what kind of programs are you developing at RBC? And who are you creating partners with in our community? You know, really and truly, my day normally starts here at the campus about between 7.15 and 7.30 because I like getting in before anybody else gets here so I can kind of get some things started and uh, kind of get my get, get my mind in the direction that I need it to go in. Um, right now, if you look at today, everything is highly focused around supporting our president, Dr. Spearman, and, and his priorities as well as our, as our board is around the ATC Center mm-hmm. and around TechBus. So we spend a lot of time, I know Dave will agree, we spend a lot of time right now in planning sessions around the ATC Center and also with the Tech Bus, uh, which we have made a a lot of progress with, and it's going to be really an exceptional program that we will be able to take out into the community. In addition to that, I have a really a fabulous team. That team has begun to grow. So we're working as well with the Workforce Equity Initiative Program, which takes a lot of time because it actually encompasses four of our existing programs, which are truck driving, cold forming, CNC, and welding. We spend a lot of time because really that's where the engagement comes with the students, and we're dealing with students who come from underserved communities where they bring a different set of challenges that we try to put our arms around. With that grant, we know we, we're, we, uh, we're targeted to serve up to 60% after African Americans at a minimum. So we're working every day to try to make sure that we are, we are providing the services that we need to make sure they're successful, that they're coming to class, mm-hmm. that they're doing welding class, that they have what they need. We provide transportation and child care. And so we have had some transition uh, with that because it is a grant, and, of course, the downside of grants is you get to the back end of it, and that's soft money, as we call it. So people are looking for other opportunities and so you go through those transitions the good part about it is that we are at a phase now where there is a second round of funds and we are in the process now of applying for that so that we can now have some extended opportunities that will complement what we're doing here in addition to that we have continuing education and so we're working of course with a lot of things we have been doing most of our classes that we deal with today are all Mm -hmm. hands-on they have you know that's the way we've always taught them and so our plans today have had to look at how can we continue to provide a delivery that is, that is not disrupted during COVID. Mm-hmm. So we've been working right now to the best of our ability to help them to develop curriculum that is on demand online in some very non-traditional delivery modes in that format. And so we've been working and planning and trying to make sure that we can provide all the resource because we, while we have some fantastic team members, this is new to them as well. Sure. And so we're trying to be patient mm-hmm. uh, as we're going through those transitions, and we understand that, you know, there are going to be mistakes that happen, but we learn from those. Mm-hmm. And so, right, you know, in a, and then to fill the gap is really a lot of relationship building. That's really, I would say, is my strength. Uh, really, from a national standpoint, I've been uh, very fortunate to build some very strong relationships. So I work very closely uh, with several external stakeholders and just trying to make sure we keep in contact with them 
We know what's going on. I believe firmly that relationships are built outside of eight to five. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times we just try to do things to check up and make sure people are okay. Because, you know, that's when, you know, you have to develop that relationship so that when you, we really need them as a college, you know, they're doing business more so with the person than they're doing with the college. And so we're trying to build those relationships with the, you know, with the addition of community outreach to make sure that when the college needs a relationship that might has become splintered, that at least through our department, we can at least, we can at least extend an olive branch mm-hmm. to at least bridge that relationship to the point that it can be advantageous for both sides. And so, you know, and then we throw in all the other things that we have to do in there from day to, from throughout the day, and it usually makes a full day beyond. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. Hey, with the Workforce Equity Initiative, I'm curious, of, of course I'm curious a year in how many students we've put through the programs, but I'm actually more interested in any success stories you've seen, like personally, uh, of somebody who came into that program and, and what they're doing now. And do you have any personal stories to share with? We do. Um, we have several personal stories. I mean, right now, our target when we first got the grant was to put 150 students total through that program. To date, we put over a little over 111 through the program. Great. Uh, we have some really success stories. Uh, we have one student, uh, Mr. Mitchell. Uh, who came in through our program. Um, Mr. Mitchell went through our coal forming program. Um, when he first came, Mr. Mitchell was homeless. Mm-hmm. And so COVID hit, and of course, our first graduates that came through, um, they came through, and of course, as soon as they finished in February, COVID hit. And so every one of those students had been extended an offer of employment. Uh, in fact, m- most of them had multiple nice. offers of employment. <clears throat> mm-hmm. COVID hit. And so once COVID hit, the majority of them had their offers, again, rescinded. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Mitchell uh, had started work, but since that time, uh, he is still working. Uh, he is back to work. He's doing well out in Belvedere. Um, he has now has been able to um, now have a home for him and his mother. Mm. Uh, and so those are just some of the success stories that we are seeing through this program. It is making a difference. It That's is great. tough. It is, you know, it has been a challenge during this time, mm-hmm. but we still know that the works that we're doing are very important. Our biggest, you know, right now what we have to continue to focus on is that we know that there are tremendous opportunities that are available in these areas of techno- technological advancement here in, in Rockford. We just have to continue right now to communicating to our employers who are wonderful partners that they have to continue to compensate our graduates at a level to encourage them to go through these programs. Mm -hmm. Indeed. So you've mentioned cold forming twice. I think some of our listeners may not know what cold forming is. So if you could tell us more about that. And then also, I wanted you to go more in depth on the ATC. What will you find inside the ATC? Well, let's go back to cold forming first, and then I'll go back to ATC. The cold forming, of course, is most people probably don't realize is that really the foundation of Rockford was around screw manufacturing. Mm -hmm. Cold forming is nothing but taking wire and putting it through a header to form a certain kind of fastening. And so it does not use any heat, and that's the reason they call it cold forming. Okay. But it is basically uh, fastener manufacturing. And so... Uh, down at our location on Bugby Street, uh, we're teaching those students how to actually operate a header machine that will make and create that fastener. 
in regards to the ATC Center. It is going to be an exciting, again, initiative. Um, I'm very happy because I actually have worked with uh, and now will be the incoming president for the National Coalition of Advanced Technology Centers, which is really the organization that really supports and advocates uh, for ATC centers across the country. We are one of the resource groups for the, uh, again, American Association of Community Colleges. Mm -hmm. um, and our ATC center is going to be really exciting. Of course, inside that program, when you walk in, you're going to see basically a manufacturing facility inside uh, of an educational institution. When you walk into the door, we're going to make sure that it's dynamic and exciting. You're going to, it's going to be open so that now, you know, our instructors, our students, they will be able to see each other at all times. We want to make sure that we continue the engagement from the time you walk into the door until mm -hmm. the time you leave. So um, with that program, you're going to see a really a cutting-edge welding program. You're going to see, of course, the supporting pieces of that around metrology and our CNC program. We actually have our megatronics program. And what we're working on today... We're working on right now trying to create a short-term certificate around industrial maintenance so that right now we have that in place today through our TechWorks program for CNC and coal forming. Mm -hmm. But we have heard from many of our business industry partners that they would like to see something where someone can come off the street and they could be prepared in six to ten weeks to be able to at least know the introductory levels of certain areas of PLC and hydraulics and pneumatics and instrumentation and robotics. So we're working right now to try to put something in place that can address that. So we can put somebody into a program in six weeks, up to 240 hours, where they will be able to at least go in and get an entry-level job at some of these cutting-edge institutions, I mean, uh, organizations that are partners with us. And so it's been very exciting. We have been working right now on a grant. We realized today that it probably was not the best fit for what we're trying to do, but we have at least been working for the last couple of weeks to establish the framework around that. So now what we're going to be doing is looking for a grant that better supports what we're trying to accomplish. What we would like to do is to be able to now take someone and be able to take them from the experience that they have and use prior learning assessments or competency-based education and give them credit as we move them, matriculate them along through a program like that. And if they want to continue on into our megatronics program, they can then go from being knowing nothing to now having a degree and certificate in that area. So those are the kind of things that we're going to be doing along with our supply chain and logistics program at the ATC Center. Uh, our truck driving program will be there, and we're going to be looking at how can we also tie in truck driving to a supply chain and a logistics associate's degree. Mm. So really and truly, it's, we, it's almost to the point that we have a piece of white paper mm. that if we think big enough, we can create some really some world-class opportunities that will help this region to be able to be continually competitive, to be able to attract and retain businesses and employees who want to be here in this region. That is interesting how you mentioned tying in the truck driver program with the logistics and supply chain track of training. So that leads to my question of, when we built the Health Sciences Center, I know that's one of the things the Dean of Allied Health talked about, was how having all of those health programs under one roof now is gonna be so beneficial because they can work with each other because those they're not in silos. Right. Some of those things cross over and in a real hospital, those programs have to work together and now they can teach together because they're all under one building. Is that gonna be a similar concept in the ATC where some of these programs, there is crossover, there is sharing of ideas and, and skills? 
it will be a lot of that. Now, I have seen some centers where, you know, if that one of the things we have not talked about today of including that maybe down the road we will. Because you talk about everything that happens comes from a concept. And so many of the, of, the, of the ATC centers I've seen across the country, what happens is that a spoken will. You put graphic design, you're really right in the middle. And so from that concept, you then build out. And so then you would have your robotics, your welding. So everything, if you're building the system, everything that you need is right next door to you. And you don't have to go across campus to be able to pull that. We're getting there. We're getting there. And I think before it's all said and done, we will find a way to integrate all of those things in some way to the Advanced Technology Center. Because, again, if we're going to replicate it to look like most business and industry, if you go to Woodward today mm -hmm. and you walk in, we want to make sure that the same experience that you will get going into business and industry, you will get from the ATC Center. So those are things that we're working on to try to create those programs, create those synergies to make sure that, again, it is a world-class facility. What we don't want to do is build a facility that is a fine facility, but no one's there. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to, working with, of course, with you, Dave, and trying to create the messaging around that so that we can make sure that students know, people know who are interested in being in this field, what we have to offer, and that they can go anywhere they want to by coming through RBC and the ATC Center. You know, you started off by talking about an example of a student who began homeless and ended up uh, having this, you know, home and, and a place for his mom to live now and a job and a career. And it made me think of another project that you're working on, um, you know, people that are incarcerated. Right. Can you tell us a little bit about that program? Yes, that is very exciting. That is new. We actually, I want to, you know, really have to thank a couple of our board members, uh, again, Trustee Murphy and Trustee Funderburg, and really having a conversation with the chief back when Dr. Jensen was here. And that we have continued that dialogue. What they wanted to do, of course, uh, we have individuals who unfortunately have their, their offenders. Uh, but that doesn't mean that we should give up on them because we want to find ways to reduce recidivism. And so with that, we actually provide a tour, and we've had several meetings with the chief and his team, uh, the sheriff. They came over, and uh, they toured WTC. From that, uh, one of the things that we decided would be the best fit in the beginning would be to take our CNC operator training program mm -hmm. and to see how we could do that at the jail. And so beginning, uh, we signed the agreement with them a couple weeks ago. And so we had a meeting, matter of fact, on yesterday to develop as far as the timeline. What the jail has done, they've gone out and they have bought four Haas desktop mini-mill machines uh, that they have now in set up and installed at the jail. What we will be doing is that we will now be providing the same training that we provide now for our students who come to our program. Uh, our instructors, uh, we'll begin off by uh, starting off with a job readiness program, uh, training that will be 30 hours that we will do virtually. Uh, the jail is going to have set up very similar here, a room with a big screen TV that will be live on Zoom. And then each of the inmates will have, it will be eight into a class, will have a laptop where they will work from to prepare their resumes and cover letters and be able to engage uh, in a synchronous environment with the instructor. We will then move on to now the uh, NIM certification, where they will now get a be able to sit for an exam to get a certification in measured materials and safety. They will then leave that and they will start virtually on the lab, but then they will, then our instructor will go to the jail where they will now do 40 hours of hands-on training on those machines, 
And if once they get through with that, they will be able to sit now for another exam where they, if they pass, they will get a certificate uh, as far as a CNC machine operator. So it's very exciting so that someone now can go through a 240-hour program, even though they're incarcerated, and be able to come out with two industry-recognized credentials. We were very excited to learn yesterday that they did a census at the jail. Uh, and to, it was for two things, to find out who was interested, number one, and then to find the education level, number two, because we will prefer those inmates to have a high school diploma, high school diploma or GED. But if not, if they don't, that's okay, because we would want to do two things. We want to first do the test for adult basic education, the TAVE exam to see what level they are. We want them to have a minimum aptitude in reading and mathematics. But if they're not there, that's when our adult ed program can kick in, and we can begin to work with them, because we already do adult education there, to try to skill them up. They had over 200 inmates who were interested in being in the program. Wow. There was a, but they made a decision that there were certain infractions that they did not want to sure. include. So once they went and, and sort of reassessed those infractions and removed them, there were still over 40. We were reported yesterday we have 20 inmates right now who are ready with a GED or high school diploma, and we have 21 who, who, uh, who are ready but don't have a high school diploma GED. So what we're working on right now will be there next week. As a matter of fact, take that back. Our instructor is there today walking through the jail with their team to kind of see the setup. Yeah. And we're meeting again next week where we will begin talking about the actual timeline when we will start our first class. So it mm. is really, uh, it, you know, we feel very confident in, in collaboration with the Winnebago County Jail that we will be able to touch the lives of up to 50, at least 56 inmates a year and to be able to hopefully give them some hope give them some skills that once they're able to get out, they won't ever look back. That's a great example of bringing education and bringing what the college offers to people who can't access it easily, right. obviously. Uh, another example of that was the tech bus, which you've talked about a couple of times. So again, bringing what the college offers to people Correct. instead of having them having to come here or find us on one of our campuses. Can you talk about what the tech bus is designed to do and what's going to be offered on it? The tech bus is going to do a lot of different things. Uh, we're very excited. We, we actually uh, were really excited to see the drawings that were provided by the vendor that won the contract. Uh, we're anticipating that they will be picking the bus up probably within the next couple of days or next week at the latest. Mm. Um, but with that, we, have, we were donated and want to really give a shout out and thank Rockford Mass Transit District for donating us a bus. But we were donated a passenger bus to which people see you go through the community all the time. We will take that bus and it will be, it will be customized where we will be able to have uh, seven workstations. One of those will be ADA compliant. In addition to that, there will be an uh, instructor station that will be inside that bus as well. And then there will be seating uh, between up top and bottom for about seven additional people from the community where they can just sit. There will be in the back, there will be a big screen smart TV that's in the back. So that we were just doing a general session, then we can do all the information session between there and there will be another TV sort of in the middle so that people can just be on the bus. If we want to do some recruiting just about just from doing a fast for night, mm -hmm. student services will be able to have that bus to be able to now schedule it to go out into the community so that someone can come onto that bus and complete their financial aid applications. If we want to just go out to say the Boone County Fair, yeah. 
and we just want to do an informational session and talk about RVC. That bus will be there to do just that. But in addition to that, we want to be able to work with our IT department, which we've been very excited to work with them. Uh, I know Chuck Kunkel right now teaches the Ozobot training. We can now go out into the community and we can provide Ozobot training again for our young and our young and potential students who are coming here in the future. We can begin to expose them to RBC. In addition to that, we're looking at providing some other programs on that bus. Right now, we're talking about how we can maybe do a mobile app development, a network technician certificate. But we're looking at what kind of other programs that we can take to the community and we can begin to offer those classes on the bus when they need them. Uh, we also be working with, again, uh, Bernie Lucci and our, and our Business Professional Institute. We'll be working with our corporations. So if they need some training, they might need, again, Microsoft, Office, or Excel, or PowerPoint. We might even do some things with, around SolidWorks. We can go to those companies, park that bus. They can come outside and get on the bus and be trained. And so the flexibility that that bus is going to provide us, along with the visibility, is really, it's really endless. And really the great part about that is just we really had some outstanding donors who stepped up to the plate and understood how important uh, having something of that magnitude would be for this community and for RVC. So we really want to salute all of the, all of the donors who contributed to us being able to have this. And so I think this is an exciting, this is really being an exciting extension to the ATC. And if you look at what's going on between the tug bus and the ATC, I think that people really need to step back and look at, at Rock Valley and just really say, wow, you know, we really will not only be able to do what we do today, but we're going to be able to take the show on the road and really expand our offerings to make sure that we're providing the quality of education when people need them how they need it, and giving them what they need to be successful. Mm, I've heard a lot of things on this podcast, and I think this moment I feel most proud of what Rock Valley College is doing right now. I mean, we are going to people that are in the margins of society, and we're trying to elevate them. I cannot wait for the day when we have a guest on the podcast, and they say something like, well, I was at the Boone County Fair, and the bus pulled up. <laughs> and what's your RBC story? Well, this yeah. bus pulled up, and I, yeah. I hopped on. I, I mean, yeah. I you know, honestly, that is remarkable. So thank you for doing that work. It is just yeah. remarkable is the only that's word so that cool I, have. I didn't even think yeah. about it that way that that is exactly how someone's story will start story could start yeah yeah that could be their introduction to the college and that's the point right yeah. you want to introduce yeah. the college to people who can't reach us right. and you know i also know chris from starting programs that it's one thing to start the program and get donors to put the money up front, those dollars, but now we have to maintain it. Can right. you tell our listeners if they're interested and if they are like-minded, where can they donate to this cause? What they should do, they can contact my office first, and I will contact them to connect them with Brittany, okay. with our foundation. Because, again, she's done a fabulous job uh, as far as raising funds for this initiative, and she will continue to do that. Mm -hmm. And so if there's anyone who's interested, they can contact me at 205, not 205, that's Birmingham, 815 <laughs> <laughs> and then we can connect them to Brittany. Awesome. Who's the director of the foundation here yes. at Rock Valley College, Brittany Freiberg. Yes. That is wonderful. So I think we should probably save a little bit of time of getting to know Chris yeah. Lewis, the person. Oh. And I would like to start, if that's okay. We've had some guests on the show previously who love to cook. 
Do we have another? <laughs> we have another. So, Chris Lewis, what are you cooking the wife these days? Oh, man. I usually cook what she asks me to cook, <laughs> which is a little bit of everything. Asks uh, or tells. Well, since yeah. she might listen to the show, I'm going to use the word ask. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know what, it is really across the board. I will, since I've been here, I like cooking, of course, some Southern cuisines. Mm-hmm. So I will do a, uh, you know, I will do a, a little, some greens mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I will put some things on the grill. But we do, a, you know, we do a, 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 some things across the spectrum. I like to cook sweet potato pies mm. and cakes and uh, um, speaking my language yeah. here. <laughs> so usually, just it really depends on. Um, you know, kind of what, what our appetite and our palates are. We have a lot of friends that we've established here. We laugh. I was telling Dr. Spearman, uh, you know, since I've been here, um, you know, we've had a couple of gatherings at my home where we've had probably over 60 people who have come from across the area, and we have done fish fries. We have, uh, that we in fact, uh, Pastor Lewis Malone here, who is my fishing buddy, we actually caught all of the fish uh, that we had for the fish fry. But you know, we've had barbecues. We've, uh, we've, you know, we, you know, I, I think that in regards to engagement, um, the best way to engage with someone to remove any barrier that you might have is to put food on the table. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, uh, definitely the way to my heart. Yes, <laughs> I actually have an update on that. So when uh, when we had George here and we were talking about cooking, and I lamented if you listen to that episode that I've never made a good bowl of chili. I finally did it. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. So a few days after that show aired, I made chili over that weekend and it was phenomenal. Wow, uh. that's. So. Pretty, pretty boastful. We, <laughs> <laughs> we, I've been so, eating it all week. It's been so good. I've had it for lunch every day. This I, week. I will be the judge. So now yeah. tell me in your chili. So tell me some. did you, because sometimes I will use, what, some, a little beer sometimes? I did. I used, yes. I did. That's a secret ingredient. A and I used, I've yeah. heard a lot of people yeah. say that chocolate or cocoa is a good you can? Um, addition really? to chili. And I've also heard coffee. So what I did was I, and I've heard beer. So I've heard all three of those things. So I found them all in one. I put right. a breakfast stout in there, which was a oatmeal, chocolate, right. coffee, stout, beer. So I, I dumped a, a bottle of that in there, and boom. Along with all my spices and some charred mm-hmm. peppers, it had... Ooh, now, did, had you write, right did you write it down? Can you recreate it? I did. It? I did. Okay, I, did. Okay. I wrote it down. I, yeah, I had it on my phone uh, to begin with, what I was planning to do. So it's all it's all there, saved in Google or in the cloud forever. So Yeah, so, you know, it's amazing that and you don't have to really be a someone who drinks alcohol, but it does wonders when you're cooking. Uh, I use a lot of, you know, I will use beer and wine, a lot of wine when I'm cooking mm-hmm. uh, seafoods. And mm. even recently, I've been playing with, uh, I do a lot of smoked chicken, and I've been playing with the tequila, mm. lemon, or lime base. And really, the, the, the tequila opens up the pores of the chicken, oh. and so it allows the, the, the other marinade to really get inside. Sure. And it really gives an even taste. Uh, and again, 
and then, we, of course, the alcohol completely burns off, mm-hmm. but it does what you need it to do mm-hmm. by opening up the pores to get the other things in. So, right. mm-hmm. yeah, so it's... Uh, you ever do the beer can chicken? I know it, I, lo- I, it looks weird. Drunk it's got this chicken, <laughs> like, perched on top of this can of beer, but it, it works. I have done the drunken chicken. Yeah. <laughs> it makes it really moist. It does, it yeah. does, it does. But, you know, so it's just, you know, again, I'm always... Uh, so I think that's my that's that's a release for me. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. To just find different ways to try different things and what else do you like to do? I know you. I know you're a golfer. Well, I'm a hacker. <laughs> I have played better, <laughs> but um, I you know I, I I still like it's not as much since I've been in school, but I uh, I do like watching sports. I, mm-hmm. I, I used to play a little basketball back in the day. That's a long time ago. I saw that. I'd like to know what your position was. Actually, interesting enough, I have I I I played all five positions. Of course. So uh, motion offense or something? or Well, actually, I, it's interesting. Uh, when I first got in high school, uh, which is interesting, I have some of my best friends are still from that time. We grew up together. I was the second tallest player. Our tallest player is my, one of my dearest friends that passed in 13. He was 6'8". Uh, when I graduated from high school, I was the second shortest player. So our team actually was ranked in the top 25 in the country. Most of us went on to play somewhere. Uh, a lot of them went on to play Division One, But um, I always still, even though uh, I had several teammates who outgrew me, I still led, I still led uh, the area in rebounding for many years. So uh, with that, I was able to, of course, catch the rebound, and I could handle the ball decent, so I could actually, I could actually advance the ball on the break. Mm-hmm. So, and then defensively, uh, now I would not be able to play in this day and time because I would be ejected with a flagrant two. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, then, but you know, of course, yeah, you can't go near yeah, anybody yeah, because things days. were a lot more physical, and I was yeah. a lot stronger a lot of times. A lot of players, um, I would a lot of times I would guard um, uh, the number four, number five position. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. things change. So, yeah. yeah, the game has changed so much. It's uh, it's from the three. You know, everything's oh, from God, the three yeah. now. It's, like, it's so yeah. different. So, okay, let's get a little crazy. What's your favorite Prince song? <laughs> you can't say that here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, darling, Nikki. <laughs> okay, so when I was pre- preparing for this today, I saw you have a cat named Prince, and I'm yes. like, if he says, "Darling, Nikki, we are best friends." <laughs> She I did. did. She I did. did. <laughs> yes, I did. Okay, so we have this question called the campfire question. Okay. And we're sitting around the campfire, and you have your new RVC mug, and you have your whatever concoction yes. in there. You can decide. Okay. Uh, and, and I'm there around okay. the campfire with you. So that, you know, here's the question. Who would you love to collaborate with on a creative project, and what would it be? Who would I love to collaborate with on a creative project, and what would it be? And it could be any project. Like it doesn't have to be professional. It could be anything. Well, I, well, you probably would not know who this person is. I would like to. Um, his name is Bill Picard, and I would like to collaborate. And I had started to do some work um, several years ago. Uh, Bill Picard was the first black McDonald's owner, franchise owner in the country. He actually uh, still is living today. Mr. Picard is close to 80. He actually owns a company uh, that's called Global Automotive uh, Assembly, which is is the fifth largest 
black-owned company in the country. Uh, I would love to collaborate with Mr. Picard. Uh, we had worked at one point in time uh, with one of his successors on trying to establish a minority-owned insurance company. Mm -hmm. uh, but I would love to work with Mr. P Mr. Picard in regards to, uh, and his team, Mr. And, and his successor was a guy by the name of Sylvester Hester, working with them to really uh, build an opportunity um, to expand some contractual arrangements um, in manufacturing. Mm. Uh, we were looking at, from the service side again, on expanding the ability to um, have a minority-owned company to handle the group benefits and be able to expand that across, uh, again, the, the nation. And so I would love to collaborate with some other initiatives with, with someone who has already been in that, in that area for 35, 40 years, who understands how to do business in the automotive industry and, and the aerospace industry, uh, utilize relationships that I also have, and to work collaboratively with them to create a, another business for myself. Wow. Mm, well, I challenge you to send this podcast to Mr. Picard. Uh, sounds good. <laughs> no, that's not a challenge because, again, I know I, I haven't talked to Mr. Picard in several years, but I do talk, uh, and I know, for instance, uh, Sylvester's a very good friend, and him, he is still part owner with Mr. Picard, but he has just left on a joint venture that he's working on uh, right now with a large automotive supplier um, uh, that's in our backyard. And so, huh. um, mm -hmm. you know, there are a lot of good stuff. So, that's usually, you know, uh, you know, usually one of my biggest challenges is that again, that is the space that I came from. Mm -hmm. uh, I still keep very good relationships with those guys, and they sometimes call me and and run opportunities by me. And uh, I'm continually impressed with how people are answering these campfire questions and these random questions. Mm -hmm. They're answering them with with a lot of thought and depth and. Mm -hmm kind of making me feel um, not worthy like you how, are, how you I are, answer no. some of these questions. <laughs> you are worthy. I will remind you today. So, so questions, yeah. Two, reach two on more, in your, yeah. your little oh, bag. Oh, man. Do I get a chance to shake it? You can shake it. Shake it like, shake it like a Polaroid picture. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that's exactly what I thought. That's so, what I like. I like that. I like that assessment. Oh, man. That's a long one, too. That's see. Oh, boy. Oh, so, boy. That's so what I'm yeah. going to say. Let's you see. Two questions. Two. Yep, that's Here's it. the first one. Mm. Go it's ahead and it. read it. What are your top three personal values? Oh, Values. Okay. Ooh. Values. What do I value the most personally? My wife, my children, and my network. Mm. Mm. Good answers. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I think we heard a podcast earlier and Dave Ross was telling a story and it was a story about his professor said, you know, when you, if, when you get to the end of your life, will you wish you would have worked more or spent more time with your family and your network? And the answer is always family and network. And always. so I'm glad you put your wife and your children at the top. Right. Says yeah. a lot about the man you are. Okay, one more question. All right, I get to chip, choose another one. Yeah. Oh man, this is keep fun. going all day. If you want. <laughs> no, this is like Chris' <laughs> favorite part. So. Oh, that's even longer. Let's see. When was the last time you tried something new, and what was it? Hmm. Okay. Uh, last time I tried something new. The question is, what do you define by the word new? Um, Something you've never done before. 
right? Is that what it's getting at? It could even be a, I mean, you cook, it could even be a new recipe. It's a new way to do something, it, you know, any. Mmm, mmm, because we're doing a lot of stuff too. Let's see. Um, one of the things that we tried, I won't say new, I actually took on a, um, we took on an, an investment project and we GC'd ourselves. What does GC'd it mean general for our listeners? Con- general contracted ourselves. Okay. The, from beginning to end versus mm-hmm. versus subbing all of it sure, out. Sure, subcontracting. So we yep. general contract the project ourselves. Okay. Um, and so that was something new that we are, we have recently completed, and um, uh, most of it went very good. What was the project? It was we we bought a duplex. Nice. Okay. So right, right. Uh, it locally or in Alabama? It was local. Okay, very cool. And uh, so it's uh, so that's something you've always liked to do is. Yeah, fix I've done. things up. And I think he likes to have multiple streams of income. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yes, we. I can we, see you and Sybil having one of those HGTV shows where you flip houses and stuff. That would be. I would well, watch, we're I would watch that show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, she likes it. She's a lot more. She's a lot more creative than me. So, uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. but we. So we, this time we 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 worked with the contractors ourselves. That was very challenging. Being that we were new to the area, so we had, of course, to really build relationships to try to get some referrals. Some mm-hmm. of the ones that we got in the beginning, we uh, learning <laughs> lessons. A little uh, sketchy. <laughs> well, they've done some work that was not to the builders' standards. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, inspector's yeah. standards. So yep. We're learning. Uh, mm-hmm. We have to probably go t- and have a consultation with uh, with the court about a couple of the things. But mm-hmm. for the most part, things were work. But from that, we have really learned. And been introduced to some really great mm-hmm. and great uh, contractors that moving forward will be fine. So, mm-hmm. again, we came here, uh, you know, with a with our uh, initial intent. If you talk to Sybil, she might still say it is very temporary because mm-hmm. she doesn't like the cold. But we, you know, one of the things I say about this area, we have actually met and have come across some of the most genuine people. Mm-hmm. And I've lived in several cities based on my different occupations. But, you know, it feels like home. And so with that, we've decided to at least make some investments to have, you know, some roots a little bit longer than what was anticipated when we moved here. I saw Sybil at an event that I was at, and uh, she's beautiful. Well, don't tell anybody. <laughs> she, she, <laughs> she, is, was, uh, she is stunning. How did you meet her? We, well, that's, now that's really, you should have asked that in the beginning. Sybil and I actually... Um, have been knowing each other since we were, she's a cougar, she's a year old. <laughs> so, since we were five and six. Uh, oh, actually, when, wow. um, uh, right across from me, who I grew up with, was one of her best friends, and they went to elementary school and kindergarten together. And Sybil used to come by and spend the night. And, um, and, uh, my neighbor. Not at your house. I no, want to clarify no, that to not the listeners. At, my house, <laughs> at the at friend's house. house that lived yeah. by Chris. And I'm an only child, and so they were a big family, and their father was a very prominent pastor. So I always had access to the house. So since I was little, I've always had a crush on it. Hmm. So, and we, she was a very good athlete. I was a very good athlete. I always, we, we went to competing schools. Her brother was a year older than me, and so we played against each other. So I've always known she was there. And mm-hmm. so um, just 50 years later. Wow. <laughs> it was the, 50 years later, it was the time for you. 50 years later. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's awesome. Why did you two not? Uh, we're going yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be here for another hour. That, that's <laughs> like an off the podcast <laughs> conversation. Yeah, she was in Why Atlanta. did you two never get together? Prior? You know, you live different. You probably had lives, yeah. full we lives did. before she was, then. She, yeah. she got married uh, mm-hmm. early on. I was, mm-hmm. you know, somewhere else. You mm-hmm. know, she was always my little crush, but you know, we were in two different worlds. But did I, she know that you? She said she never did. Do you okay. still so have? That's the problem. Do you still have that kind of like awe about her? Because when you talk about her, your eyes light up like Christmas I do. trees. I do, I do, <laughs> I, mean, I do. Yeah, you've known her since she was five years old. Yeah, I do, I do. You have some sparkle in your eyes. I do, eye going I do, on. I do. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes more sense. She yeah. didn't know how you felt, and you guys mm-hmm. just. Went different directions. Yeah. Went different lives, directions. So. She will swear, but you know what? We have Facebook proof uh-huh. that she was the fast one when we first oh, met. Oh, okay. all, right. Right. all right. That's right. All right. I just sent a face. Look, she sent me a Facebook invitation. Mm-hmm. The next thing I know, she was waving. She will swear. I didn't even know who you were. Like, See that? <laughs> <laughs> so that yeah. was the problem. Yeah. When they were five years old, they didn't have social media. That's right. They needed to right. wait till somebody invented social Facebook. media. That's so. right. Thank you, Mark that's Zuckerberg. Right. Yes, once can, again. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you, Chris, for yeah. stopping by Everything yeah. RBC. It was great. Uh, getting to know you mm-hmm. better and hearing about all the great things that you're involved with at the college. So, thanks. well, no, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's, it's been, been fun. Yeah, very fun. Take care, Chris. All thank right. you. Right. Wow. So that was quite a bit to yeah. unpack. Yeah. Want to start? I do. So I'm so I, I have to reiterate this again. I'm so proud of what Rock Valley College is doing to help all different types of people wherever they are. I think we even have marketing that says that, don't we? Wherever you are. Yeah. Well, yeah, no matter your destination, your yeah. journey begins here. No matter your destination, your journey begins here. And, you know, I definitely know the title already. Okay. You're, you're the queen of the title, so. <laughs> Do you have an idea or In no? your absence, I had to listen to the show back to, like, get the title and... He said, outside of the eight to five. Mm. That's I like where, that. outside of the eight to five, that's where things, that's where the magic happens. Ooh, it's, I love it's, that. It's building relationships. And all of his stories throughout the entire podcast, it always went back to that same theme of building relationships outside of the eight to five. And mm-hmm. whether it was, you know, learning how to find, you know, a new business partner for his GC, his general contracting job. Or, you know, going out on the golf course to build a relationship. He just, I think he gets it, and that's why he's so successful. And, I, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if he sends that podcast to his, you know, the mentor that he spoke of, and right. something cool happens. Uh, so outside of the 8 to 5, we, we really need to be aware in our professional lives and in our personal lives about building relationships that are genuine and that show interest in the other person. Um, it's not, you know, I just listened to another podcast. It's not me, 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 it's we. And he really has a we mentality. Yeah, it's that's, it's so true. Uh, I remember my cousin, we were at a wedding one time and we were sitting there and he just, I don't even remember what we were talking about, but he said something about just never being closed off. Never, uh, you know, don't ever burn any bridges. Don't ever be afraid to keep expanding your network network. and who you know Mm -hmm. because you just don't know when that person is going to open a door for you Mm -hmm. and it's been so true in my life and i think Mm -hmm. in everybody's life so yeah you're right that outside of work is when a lot of magic Mm -hmm. can happen outside of that eight to five when you're stuck in meetings all day yeah and no doubt and it's it's ironic because 
outside of the eight to five is when we normally want to shut down. We won't, we don't want to take phone calls. We don't want to do anything extra. And then we all know what it's like when you finally say yes to that invitation and you go, you're usually so glad you did because you needed that socialization. I know it's really hard during COVID, but if there's any way that you can just get out and connect with new people, it it does bring the vibration up a little bit. I mean, that's, what's been so inspirational about this podcast is most of these people I haven't ever, I mean, I didn't even know his wife worked on campus. I'm embarrassed to say that, but you know, he's intriguing and I would love to have more conversations with him and get to know his wife. And I think that's what the podcast has really been teaching me is that there are so many people that have really cool things and and let's try to do that. As soon as COVID's over, let's try to step it up with our outside the eight or the eight to five. Yeah. I'm I'm excited about next week's guest too, for that reason. Um, Right before we came on today, we were talking about, we're trying to work ahead and talk to next week's guests about what we're going to talk about. And Lisa Alexander is going to mm-hmm. come on. And honestly, I don't know. I don't really know her, but mm-hmm. just yeah. reaching out to her and seeing what she wanted to talk about. She she wrote back some stuff and I was just floored. I had no idea that mm-hmm. she had so many RVC connections. I don't want to spoil it because mm-hmm. we're going to talk to her about it. But mm-hmm. she's connected in a number of different ways uh, in her life to Rock yeah. Valley. So. I'm almost embarrassed sometimes now that I'm learning so much. I'm, I'm embarrassed that I've been here for 20 years and I don't know more. So it's been a real awakening for me. Yeah. So I hope, I hope to your point that that's what this show is in part helping to do for people. So mm-hmm. yeah, really excited about next week. We also have our rescheduled uh, interview with Joe Wolford. I'm pumped about that because he's a fellow, uh, nerd like mm-hmm, me mm-hmm. Probably you talk two can about, geek out yep probably talk mm-hmm. about some star wars and stuff like that i might try to watch a star wars movie before the podcast which oh, one should yeah. i which one should i watch so i can actually act as yeah. if i have something to contribute it's tough because you know i can't tell you it's a saga so i can't just tell you to watch one and and you're going to be good because you'll be so i have to start at the yeah you'll be the lost very beginning. yeah you would have to watch them all. So if you see if you can cram all nine of the. <laughs> if anybody needs me, I'm at home watching the Star Wars saga so that I don't sound like a complete idiot next week. Oh, you never would sound like an idiot. Oh, yeah, there's only nine of them, two hours apiece. So thank you all for listening once again. We really appreciate all of your do all of you listening and tuning into this every week so thank you very much you can find us as always at rockvalleycollege.edu slash everything rvc